Hey folks, I'm Pastor Eric Tritton from Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Hudson, Ohio, and this is A Weekly Word. Thank you for taking some time to be with me. I want to tell you a story. I've, I've changed some of the details to protect the guilty, um, but uh, it went something like this. I, I, I was at a uh, uh, at an event a while back, uh, and uh, um, I gave a presentation to a group. And the presentation went really well. Uh, it had really connected with people, and uh some people had really experienced the love of Jesus through that event. Um, and honestly, as a preacher, that doesn't always happen. And, and so that's something that's really special when it does. And it, I, I think that uh, it connected with people in a really great way. And afterward, I was talking with the person who organized the event. And as I was talking with this person, um, a woman walked up and it was pretty clear that she wanted to talk with me. And so I interrupted the conversation that I was in to see this woman, and, and the woman wanted to tell me how much she appreciated uh, the presentation, what it meant to her, and she thanked me. And the moment she thanked me, the organizer of the event promptly said, you're welcome. And I was kind of like, what? Um, and, uh, and the woman looked at him like, what? <laughs> and uh, I just you know, kind of rolled with it. And I realized that the man who helped to organize that event was the kind of person who could not stand to have somebody else in the spotlight. And for somebody else to get thanks, he had to have all of the attention on himself. And I tell this story to get at this third pillar of the problems related to high anthropology and to consider why we should maybe embrace low anthropology. And that third pillar is self-centeredness. Um, and before I go too far here, I wanna say that I do feel sympathetic with that guy um, because I've felt that myself over the years. And sometimes our insecurities lead us to feel self-centered because we feel like we need to kind of completely take care of ourselves. And that's a real problem and something that we need to recognize about ourselves. As Zoll talks about uh, self-centeredness in his book, uh, Low Anthropology, he says this, the determining factor in human affairs isn't simply that we are limited in our knowledge and capacities or that we are subject to conflicting and overpowering desires. The issue is that those desires so often veer toward the self that such that we want what we want comes at a cost to other people. Low anthropology, he says, proceeds from the foundational insight that human beings are egocentric and, crucially, that this is not a neutral state. Self-centeredness blocks sympathy and cooper cooperation to say nothing of love. We've probably all recognized the kinds of self-centeredness in others, and maybe even in ourselves. And I think that that's really important that we recognize that this is part of us individually. Uh, but we've probably recognized the kinds of self-centeredness that chooses poorly and, and pursues self-interest and ignores others and hurts others. You know, so think about the person who tells you everything about themselves and never asks about you. 
um, there's a, a quip. I don't even remember who, who made this, but they said, enough about you. Let's talk about me. Um, everything has to be about that individual, and they can't stand um, talking about others. Uh, there's also the person who, who always has to be right, which, frankly, I've been that person. Um, they always have to have uh, the last word, and they always have to get their way. That's a kind of self-centeredness. There's the person who's hurt. If you don't quickly share some kind of information with them or, or invite them to an event that you didn't have room for them in or a, a host of other things because um, they see that as a slight against themselves and you know you were just trying to go through it. Or, or maybe you saw that as a slight against yourself when the person wasn't even trying to say anything negative and they didn't have room for you in the event. Another insidious aspect of self-centeredness uh, in high anthropology is that this kind of self-centeredness uh, can cut those who disagree with them off. That if a person disagrees with us, that because we're so convinced of our own rightness, and sometimes it's even worse than that, we're so convinced of our own righteousness, uh, disagreements are seen as a, an attack on our um, on our identity. Those who disagree, you know, it's not that they see things differently; that um, they're morally deficient. Um, they're uh, what uh, Alan Jacobs calls the the morally repugnant other. Um, and, and it's worse in our hyper political age than it has been in the past. As I think about being a, a North American um, American, uh, a United States American, I think it's important for us to recognize that we are, are a people with Protestant roots. Now, don't hear what I didn't say. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, that it's a Christian nation and we need to, to be a Christian nation or anything, but we are deeply affected by uh, Protestant influences in the forming of our country and the forming of our identity as a people. And remember that those first Protestants that were very essential to forming this country were the Puritans. And there is a Puritanical zeal for our political opinions today. And it's not just righteousness that's on display there. It's actually a kind of self-righteousness. And I think that we can observe this in what some people call cancel culture, um, which, make no mistake, is not limited to a political or a particular political party or a poli particular political bent. It's a narcissistic inability to approach a topic with humility and therefore uh, it just demands that anybody who disagrees you know be destroyed or marginalized or silenced you know the, the idea that I might be wrong is inconceivable and it's anathema and this zeal this this kind of self-centered self-righteousness it fails to see other people and it lacks compassion for the wants and the needs of, of others because it's so convinced that it's right. And this high anthropology 
it sees this self-centered sin not as a problem of the individual, especially not the individual that is, you know, the self there, um, but it sees it as a systemic problem. It, it's not a personal problem. It's because of what's going on around us that we have these sins in our lives. And again, I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that there's no such thing as systemic sin. I'm convinced that there is. But the truth is that sin is both systemic and personal. And the systemic is generally the amalgamation of the personal sins of the community. Failing to see the personal side of sin, uh, high anthropology then starts to look for kind of utopian solutions that are rooted in technologies or knowledge or other forms of self-improvement by which when they say self-improvement, they mean that you should improve yourself because they've already got it all together. Low anthropology, on the other hand, leads to a recognition of this sinful weakness that is in ourselves. You know, and uh, recognition is an important thing. Um, as a child of the 70s and 80s, you know, I used to watch G.I. Joe, and G.I. Joe always remind me at the end that knowing is half the battle. Being aware of what's going on is half of the battle. And then Alcoholic, Alcoholics Anonymous is well known for saying that the first step to recovery is acknowledging the problem. Low anthropology recognizes that we all have biases, that we all uh, have these weaknesses, these blind spots, even people who, who claim that to be unbiased. You know, Low anthropology looks at the world and expects it to be unfair. It doesn't mean that we're okay with it being unfair. It doesn't mean that we don't work for justice and truth and, and true righteousness. But we recognize this is the state that we're in, and these are the people that we're dealing with, and we are one of them. So low anthropology... It doesn't look for the solutions to the problems of the world, always in technology and more knowledge. It recognizes that these solutions, particularly for these deep problems that we have, like sin and self-centeredness, must come from the outside. You see, the old theologians, theologians used to say that sin is love that's curved inward. And Jesus, Jesus has come to love sinners. And in 1 John, we're told that we love outwardly because Jesus first loved us. His love is transformational. His death, his resurrection, his atonement, all these things that he did out of his love that poured his love into our lives, they transform us. And yeah, there are going to be times where we speak God's truth and we see people dealing with the consequences of, of their sin and their self-centeredness, the way that it hurts themselves, hurts others, breaks relationships, and so on. That We will see the pain that the law brings into their lives. And then we have the opportunity to speak the gospel of God's love in Christ to others, to give the thing that actually cures self-centeredness which is forgiveness. It's the Spirit of Christ. 
that comes into us and changes us from the inside. He comes from the outside and changes us and works in us to make us more loving towards others, more kind, more reasonable as we deal with others, more willing to to love others who are different than ourselves. So low anthropology, um, it, it really rather embraces where we are. Um, it, it embraces the reality of our situation, whether we're, we're talking about things like our limitations or we're talking about um, those conflicting desires that we have in our doubleness. Um, low anthropology looks at who we are and accepts us for who we are, and it gives us uh, a, a real cure for our problem in Jesus, in his forgiveness and the transformational work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that's part of what I really appreciate about what Zal is talking about uh, in this book. So I've got a couple more things that I'm going to share with you in the next couple weeks about low anthropology. Um, But for now, uh, thanks for being with me. God's blessings. Uh, I hope you have a great rest of your Lenten season. Uh, We're coming up on Easter and it'll be time to celebrate that great salvation that Christ has won for us. God's blessings. Mm -hmm.